0: Welcome back to another edition of the Volunteer State. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside Adam Sparks and John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel. And it is Florida week. And it is about as excited as I can remember Tennessee fans for this game. Well, since I've been here anyway. And I came to town uh, before the 2017 season. ball fans are, are revved up. It's going to be a sellout. On Saturday, when rival Florida uh, comes into Neyland Stadium, Tennessee is favored. ESPN's College Game Day is in town. It's going to be Checker Neyland. Oh, everything's shaping up great for the Vols, right? But it's rarely that simple against Florida, is it, <laughs> guys? I mean, what do you think here as as we uh, as we look ahead to this game? Because on paper. On paper, it seems like Tennessee has a decided advantage, but you just, I don't know, for me, I t- can't totally ignore the series history uh, in which in me, in years, even when you expect Tennessee to win, so many times it goes Florida's Florida's way. You getting that vibe this week, or, or what's the feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been torn on this uh, because anytime these series histories comes up, uh, I, I try to look at, at logical things um, as, as hard as that is in when it comes to college football rivalries, but um, Tennessee usually has not been the better team going into this. So the fact that they've lost 16 of 17, uh, I mean, it, it makes somewhat sense. I mean, Tennessee hasn't been ranked in this game uh, for the past uh, four years and they lost those by double digits. Well, they should, the, the, they were the worst team um, the last time they were ranked. Um, it was competitive and the year before that they were ranked and they, and they won. So, Logic says if Tennessee's really good, they have a chance to win. Or if they are good, they have a chance to win. And they're good this year, so they have a chance to win. But I can think of, and I know you guys can think of the games over the years where Tennessee should have had a chance and they lost or should have been close and it was a blowout. There were plays that should have gone their way and didn't. And those things can pile up over years and uh, – you know, I, I don't think the players and the coaches have anywhere near as much baggage as as the fan base. I mean, I've talked to a number of people, all the way back to the like the Akron game last week. They were saying, "I've got a week of anxiety. I've got a week of nausea coming up, and I just got to push through it." Um, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I know I've mentioned her a number of times, but, but my wife is a lifelong UT fan and she's a season ticket holder. And she has a lot of friends that are season ticket holders. And I mean, at middle of the Akron game, I got texted that said, I'm about to throw up. Well, why is that? You're up by seven touchdowns or whatever, because Florida's in a week. That's why. And I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> just it's college football is a weird, weird thing, but, uh, People just need to get through this one. I feel like, I feel like it's almost a life experience at this point, as opposed to a football game.
2: Man, that's, that's depressing me just listening to you What these fans are going through. Yeah. I can empathize pretty well. That's, that's rough. Um, I, I think one thing different about this game, as opposed to a lot of the others, Blake came here, he said in 2017 for that joyous farewell tour, Butch Jones, um, I think Josh Heupel's a better coach than what Tennessee's had in all these all these games. I, I think he has, particularly on offense, and I, I look at Florida. I've watched Florida in every game. Uh, Florida is really limited. This is not a good team at all. It got a lot of hype for beating Utah in that opener, but Utah handed Florida that game. Uh, and, and then South Florida did the same thing. Uh, Florida very well could be 0 oh, and three it's quarterback uh, anthony richardson has been awful his body language tells you he's just kind of uh, stunned at how bad he's been I, I don't see him coming into this game with any confidence uh and this is going to be a very hostile environment so also florida's probably its best defensive player inside linebacker ventral miller is not supposed to play he's there he's their main guy when it comes to run defense. So I just think everything's kind of stacked against uh, Florida for this game. John, you mentioned
0: hostile environment and, and Josh Heupel on Monday said, you know, when, when Tennessee runs through that T there won't be a better environment in college football and looking at the other games uh, on Saturday, I would have to say, I agree with him. Um, You know, I mean, when it's a big game at Neyland, it's, it's usually pretty, pretty good environment anyway, but when you look at the slate, yes, I, I think Knoxville is going to be the best environment in college football uh, on, on Saturday. It's why game day's here. It's why it's CBS game of the week. Uh, it's a sellout. And then you have Billy Napier on Monday sort of trying to downplay the environment a little bit. when When asked about Anthony Richardson making his first SEC start on the road in that environment at Tennessee, Billy Napier said, quote, it's not like we're going to Canada and they're going to change the rules. It's going to be the same game. It's going to be a little louder and played at a different location. Now, of course, Vol Twitter got a hold of this comment and uh, they are they are getting even more revved up for it. They're they're saying you a little louder. Uh, you know, it's not like you're going to Canada. We'll, we'll show you louder, uh, <laughs> Bill, Billy Napier. Now, I wrote in in the aftermath of this comment like what's Billy Napier supposed to say, you know, well, Anthony, you know, I don't think you got a chance on Saturday. You're going to be so scared. You might just melt on site. I mean, I get what he's doing here. He's, he's trying to send a message of, you know, business as usual, control what you can control. You can't control the crowd noise, you know, take care of, of, of what you need to take care of and, and don't worry about the rest. But do you think Billy Napier stepped in it here by, um by going there with the crowd because i don't think he he obviously wasn't intending to you know to create any bulletin board material for tennessee fans but it does seem like in some ways he's done that
1: well the one of the funnier references i saw i was calling him uh, billy lafayette because you know, because he coached louisiana lafayette before this uh, and i've been to games at 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 uh at, at Lafayette a number of games and the crowds there are not like they are at Neyland Stadium I'll confirm that uh but this guy also coached at Alabama and Clemson so he's he's seen big crowds this isn't uh this isn't a, a comment uh from a naive guy um you know I mean for for all that he's saying about uh that Anthony Richardson is going to need to kind of you know, control things and, and work well in the atmosphere. I mean, it's going to be loud, and Anthony Richardson's going to have a tough time because this crowd is just going to be – it's going to be it's just going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I think the bigger factor in the game for Anthony Richardson is whether or not Tennessee is, is going to keep him in the pocket. I mean, you know, I mean, John hit on this a little bit before, is that uh, he has not looked good, but he – Anthony Richardson also has the feel of a guy that could break out in a single drive, in a single game. Um, you know, I mean, so the frenzied atmosphere could actually help him. I, I think Florida has an interesting situation where they have a freelance quarterback, a guy that, if you let him freestyle and run around and create offense out of broken plays, that's where he's most comfortable. So you've got a freelance quarterback and then you've got a coach that is intent on structure. And that doesn't usually mix well. Eventually they're going to have to figure out some type of communication between coach and quarterback to make it work. Because I do think Napier wants to um, keep him within structure. And I think uh, Richardson is more comfortable getting out and just going. And that maybe they figure out that partnership this game. If they do, Tennessee's going to have to be really disciplined in its pass rush. If they don't, then then Tennessee can get a big lead here and just feast on Anthony Richardson's mistakes, which is what teams mostly have done against him so far.
2: I think Billy Napier could probably get some advice from uh, Brian Kelly, another SEC first-year coach at LSU. He's really turned Jaden Daniels loose. Another quarterback who's who's better when he's not in a structured situation. He's much better outside the pocket. He throws better on the run. He's a tremendous uh, threat because of his running and passing. He's been very accurate. Contrast that with Anthony Richardson, who had a nice game against Utah running the ball, but Utah didn't play him right. You do what Kentucky did, you do what South Florida did, and I'm sure that's what Tennessee will do. I think everybody now will do that against Florida. What concerns me the most about him is uh, was his body language in that South Florida game. He looks like a guy devoid of confidence. That's not a good thing going into this Tennessee game, and, and Adam says, They're still trying to figure it out. This won't be a good environment for figuring something out. As for Napier's comments, uh, I agree with you, Blake. I mean, what's he supposed to say? Oh my gosh, this is this is a terrifying possibility. I don't even know if we may just not come. So (laughs) we'll uh, head to Canada instead. (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll go to Toronto and just take the weekend off and try to figure things out. So. There's no way. And I don't know how the crowd, it doesn't matter what Napier said, the crowd is going to be at a, at a fever pitch anyway. It's going to be really loud. It's going to be probably a very similar environment to Ole Miss last year and to Oklahoma. And what was that? 2015. Yep. Yeah. And so ironically, Tennessee lost both of those games, but uh, those were better teams than the one Tennessee will face Saturday. Yeah. I wrote about this week
0: that this is really Josh Heupel's chance to perform an exorcism here. I mean, <clears throat> off the top, you have the demons of, of nearly two decades of playing Florida. And, and really, even when you get past this streak of 16 of the last 17, I mean, this is a rival that's tortured Tennessee all the way back to the 90s. I mean, even in Tennessee's glory days, Florida Florida had the advantage in that series. And then you throw in, you know, college game day is here. Tennessee all time is three and six when college game days in town and the checker Neyland and Tennessee's one and four when they checker Neyland and John I know you were there with me covering that uh that game in 2017 when Tennessee checkered Neyland against Georgia and suffered one of the worst losses in program history 41 to nothing so it's like they're they're, they're inviting all this the, the, the jinxes and the and the the spooks and the spirits and the demons into town and at one time and they can exercise them all at once. And and to the extent that you can expunge a decade and a half of disappointments in a single day, I really think Saturday can become like a cathartic experience <laughs> for Tennessee fans if if Tennessee does come out and beat Florida. Is that putting too much pressure on Josh Heupel to say, "Hey, you know, this is this is a chance for at least for one day." Uh, to just expel, like I said, a decade and a half of of, of more disappointment than not.
1: I've found Tennessee fans uh, this week talking less about the game and the matchup and more of sort of ranking the potential jinxes of the ones that you just named. Don't don't have Checker Nealon this week. It'll jinx it. Keep College Game Day away. That'll jinx it. Tell Peyton Manning not to be a Knoxville because it will jinx it. Cause Somehow you always know, lose because Peyton Manning is there. Tennessee fans are hopeful, I think, but um, there's this feeling that something is gonna is gonna tank this game. And you know, if Josh Hopple, if if they don't win it, then it'll be looked at as Josh Hopple, his team, his offense, his way of playing. He's just another coach that was, you know, done in by this. Um, not long term, obviously. But it's, you know, at this point, it's sort of a, you know, you said an exorcism, Blake. I mean, it's, it's a curse that you inherit. If you don't exercise that and you don't win it when you have what on paper looks like the better team and you have the, the atmosphere of the of the of Neyland Stadium. If you don't win it, then that curse just, you know, gets stronger and stronger. Uh, and that's I think that's going to be the feeling. Uh, fans are looking at this of can can we overcome that curse? And if you can't do it with what looks like a better team, then the belief is it's going to be a while before it does change.
2: I think I'm talking to a different group of fans than Adam is because I, I'm getting a, a different vibe. <clears throat> Granted, a lot of people I talk to are betting on games. Um, so,
0: <laughs> what crowds what, are you hanging out in, John? W- no, I'm just. Launch- t- well, I realize everybody bets
2: these days. So they do. Everybody. I, I mean, everybody. So. I don't, but they do. Um, so, but but why,
1: John? John, because people that bet are are going with logic. That's why they're 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 going with practical sense and logic about who's going to win or lose games. People all, that are people that are throwing up a week before a game from anxiety. I mean, gamblers throw up, but they usually do it after the game.
2: I'm, yeah. I'm getting a little nauseous myself. First, uh, Before the Blake game. brings up exorcism and I immediately thought of Linda Blair's head, head spinning around in the exorcist. Uh, you're talking, uh, Adam's talking about Bev feeling like she's going to throw up. I recommend, uh, three saltine crackers in the morning. As soon as you get up, that that's a <laughs> good, that's a good approach for nausea. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> Think about it, though. If you, again, just look at it analytically, analytically a little bit. I mean, ten, Tennessee's a 10-point ten favorite. It's not a three-point favorite. Um I, I really don't think this game's going to be close. Um I just don't think Florida's very good. <clears throat> John Adams
0: providing that bulletin board material back the other way. Oh, you yeah. Billy Napier, fuel on the fire, and now Adams comes here and says – it ain't going to be close. <laughs> the balls <laughs> are going to whip them. Yeah, Billy Napier, get the printer out, start printing
2: it out for the bulletin board. I just think uh, Tennessee would beat uh, Florida if it played in Canada, too. I don't think it needs a crowd behind it to beat this Florida team. South Florida would have beaten the team, and it was 2-10 and ten last year if it could have just executed a center snap.
0: When you look at this on, on paper, and Tennessee has the better quarterback, if Cedric Tillman is is healthy and able to play, which, of course, Josh Heupel's not going to tell us. He really doesn't say much in the way of injury updates. But if Cedric Tillman is out there, undeniably, Tennessee has the better receivers. They have the more settled-in coach. I agree, John. I, I mean, on paper, this is stacked up in, in Tennessee's advantage. Can you remember a time in the history of this series, you know, in the last two decades or so, where Tennessee was where you thought on paper Tennessee had this much of an advantage over Florida uh, because even in some of those years where Tennessee was favored and I think Adam was was talking about this earlier like a lot of years that Tennessee has lost Florida's been the favorite in this game but even in some of the years where F- Tennessee was favored it wasn't like they were a you know 10 11 point favorite John can you can you guys remember a year in which Tennessee was was decidedly the favorite as as much as they are this year.
2: I really can't. I mean, there were times when I thought Tennessee would win and it didn't. But you go back into the nineties; those were those were narrow point spreads, um, not not anything like this. I mean, in the nineties, both teams were pretty good every time out. Um, so, uh, but even then, in the nineties, going back to the fan base, I mean, Tennessee fans just when Steve Spurry was there and won four straight games against really good Tennessee teams, there was just a sense of, sense of dread. A friend of mine was a Tennessee Florida game in 1998, Tennessee's championship season. And he was sitting there in, in the end zone. He's from Dallas, Texas. He's sitting there in the end zone. He's surrounded by all these Tennessee fans. He said that when, when the game went into overtime, everybody around him just thought it's over. We're doomed. <laughs> As it turned out, Tennessee prevailed. So, uh, but no, I it just when you look at the the talent disparity, I just think Tennessee's better now. Well,
1: I, I'll try to calm the nerves of the people that I talk to—not the gamblers, but the the, the nauseous fans. Um, I I, th- I do think I think Tennessee's going to win this game. I, I think it will be reasonably close, but I think they'll win this game. The, the, the way that I sort of define the difference in talent between the two te- two teams is that I don't think Tennessee has to fulfill its sort of keys to the game to win this game. You know, I was thinking about, you know, what's what's those three keys to the game or whatever you come up with that they'll flash on the screen right before the kickoff. Tennessee needs to run the ball well. They need to contain Anthony Richardson, and they need to uh, not make any huge mistakes in special teams. They've had a punt block. They've they've muffed a punt. but. If they don't do those things, I think they can still win. I think Tennessee can not run the ball great and still win. I think they can not be great on pass rush with Anthony Richardson, and he can still beat himself. Um, I think they can have a special teams mistake and still win this game. So I, I think that's the way that I see the matchup, is that these two teams aren't close enough to where Tennessee is just sort of you know hanging by a thread to win the game where everything's got to go well they can make mistakes in this game and, and, and win it. And and I think that's the difference in the matchup this year as opposed to to other years.
0: Okay, so let us flip that on its head then and say what has to go wrong or what does Florida have to do to go the other way in, in this? Is this a, like an everything that could go wrong does go wrong? Is that the only way Tennessee loses this game? You know, Hinton Hooker throws three interceptions which he never does. You know, he's a he's a low turnover guy. Um Anthony Richardson has the game of his, of his life and Tennessee's shaky pass defense, uh, you know, rears its head and all of a sudden Richardson looks like a, a great pass. I mean, w- what is the combination of stuff that, that would have to happen? You think where you think eh, maybe Tennessee squanders this opportunity.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one you hit on uh, right there at the beginning, I think is, is sort of makes the point. If Hinton hooker throws some picks, Well, he he hasn't thrown any interceptions in a a long time. He's got the longest streak right now of any quarterback uh, in UT history, pass attempts without an interception. He's, He's close to 200 pass attempts right now without throwing a pick. Since Hendon Hooker's been the starter, he's thrown 35 touchdowns and two interceptions. So, I mean, that's what you're saying, Blake. Something that doesn't happen in any other game has to happen in this game for Tennessee to lose it. I think that's how how it's spelled out. Now, that being said, Tennessee fans are now going to be yelling as they're listening to this of, yeah, but it usually does. Usually that bad thing that doesn't happen in other games happens in this game. So it it could, but that's when we get back to the curse and the psychological edge and all these things that have to come about for Tennessee to lose it. I I do think this is a, speaking of the Anthony Richardson mistakes and the lack of confidence there and a, a little bit of a gap in terms of talent and experience. I think this creates a very weird situation, a rare situation. When you've got a team that has been owned in a series like Tennessee has against Florida, usually you have to go and win the game. You have to be the aggressor. You have to do something better than your opponent in a number of areas. It's the opposite here. I don't think Tennessee has to go and so called win the game. I think they can win this one by Florida losing it. I, I, I mean, Tennessee just has to play what it. The way it is done for the past year, and and they win this game. It's got they've it's got to be something weird otherwise because they're a better team than Florida. They can allow Florida to lose this game. They don't have to win it. And I think that's very very rare in a situation like this.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about that, Adam. Also, I, I think from a Florida's perspective, the ideal uh, offense for Florida in this game is is just take the pressure off Anthony Richardson is to run the ball and be able to run the ball. Florida's offensive line is is a little better, I think, than it has been in recent years. It's got some pretty good running backs, and Trevor Etienne, freshman, shows tremendous potential. Anthony Richardson can run the ball. I would put in design runs for Anthony Richardson. Billy Napier, you look at his success in Lafayette with uh, Louisiana, He was uh, his quarterback ran the ball, and that's what he's got to do here. But it's got to be design runs, and you not not just hoping that the defense doesn't lose containment in the pocket and he gets outside and makes a big play. So I just think Florida needs to run the ball, keep its defense off the field, shorten the game. And remember, one thing we hadn't talked about, Florida doesn't have quality depth. And I fully expect it to wear down as the game goes along um, on defense, and particularly without Ventrell Miller middle linebacker so i just think the key for florida is to be able to run the ball short the game
0: all right guys uh nobody move to canada the football is is better here adam get bev some saltines or something and john good luck with that gambling crowd that can be a a moody bunch game will be saturday at 3 30 at neyland stadium a revved up neyland stadium Uh, We'll have all the coverage over at knoxnews.com. You can catch uh, the coverage from Adam throughout the week. John will have the commentary, uh, and I will be there on Saturday as well. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State.